0: They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com weightloss weight loss.
1: It's the end of the world as we know it, and I feel benign. My name is Justin Hamilton, and you're locked in to Big Squid. On today's episode, Ben Elwood returns as we continue our trek through the Christopher Nolan oeuvre as we discuss his breakout movie, Memento. But before we get into it, I know some of you are trapped in another lockdown at the moment. I hope you're doing okay. I know the challenges that come with that. You know, we had a a lockdown here in Sydney and it was was really full on, Uh, especially everyone in Victoria. I know it's even worse while you're dealing with Winter, which can be challenging at the best of times. The 13 years that I lived in Victoria, sometimes you just need a bit of a break from that grey, don't you? So, uh, a lot of love to you guys. And while you're sort of stuck at home, uh, I wanted to remind you that over at my website, justinhamilton.com.au, you can find a whole bunch of short stories and blogs for your entertainment. The short stories I originally would write to sort of be consumed when you were catching public transport or if you just had a little break from things. So they're they're short, they're sharp, they're shiny. So if you would like just a bit of a break from things, you've got those there for free. Uh, There's also blogs and maybe in particular the big day in blogs would be of interest to you. They came about because at the start of my isolation I created. The big day in, and it was the music festival that I really wanted to see at that precise moment in time, and it inspired a few listeners to send in theirs, and there were some great playlists. I've still got a couple more that I need to share. Like I try to listen to them before I write about them, and then I got more than I expected, so it took me a while to to get through all of them and and really get a feel for them. But I've I've put some of those on my blogs with links to spotify so you can listen to those playlists and look if you're inspired to create the music festival that you would like to see put one together send me a a link to it on uh, spotify or whatever you use send it to the big squid facebook page give it a title as well like make it snazzy and a little blurb on what you were trying to achieve. And I'll, I'll blog about it and I'll put it out there so the rest of our listeners can have a little listen to as well. You know, it, actually even talking about it um, makes me kind of think maybe I should put a new one together. I have had some interesting leanings musically of like, have I ever told you that my my big dream was to host a Saturday-Sunday show on Smooth FM and it was going to be smoother with Jay Smooth on smooth. And I was going to play music that was so smooth, you wouldn't be able to drive and listen to it because you might slip off the road. It was just going to be so smooth. Because I have, I have very uh, firm views on on smooth music, specifically yacht rock. <laughs> I do enjoy some yacht rock. So maybe I'll put together a, a yacht rock festival for you. Hmm. All right. Let me have a think about that. Already, the the brain is ticking over with where that might go. I uh, <laughs> can, can guarantee now there'll be a lot of Michael McDonald. Uh, also, Cal Wilson and I have asked you to share your moments of pride and shame with us so we can talk about them the next time she's on the podcast. So, if you want to go to the Big Squid Facebook page or join our private page so you can share things uh, with us and, and, and then Cal and I will have a chat about them. They don't have to be massively serious. They don't have to be something that you feel awful shame over. It can be if you want, but they can be kind of fun things as well and Cal and I will discuss them and we'll, we'll, we'll make you feel better about something that you have shame over and we will double down on something that you feel pride over. I'll tell you here and now, it seems easy to find more things that you're ashamed of. I'm still thinking of that boy from primary school that I corrected him when he called a sketch a skit and he was right. I'm going to hunt him down and apologize. He probably doesn't even remember me. Why am I still thinking about this? That's the point of this segment. So please uh, share something with us if you feel so inclined. Uh, before we get into memento, I want to make a little suggestion for you about another podcast that just finished one of its best seasons yet. Ta-da, ta-da.
2: Just a key. A key. Welcome to another episode of You Must Remember This, the podcast dedicated to exploring the secret and/or forgotten histories of Hollywood's first century, part of the Panoply network. I'm your host, Karina Longworth.
1: Karina Longworth hosts the brilliant ongoing podcast you must remember this where she reveals long forgotten or ignored stories about some of the major players who for better or worse helped build the foundations of the Hollywood we know today. It is one of the best written and researched podcasts out there, and the storytelling is second to none, as Longworth reminds us that for every star we know everything about, there are thousands of little-known people who are just as compelling. In the past, Karina has covered stories about the politics behind Walt Disney's Song of the South, the careers of Bella Lugosi and Bar- uh, Boris Karloff, and for anyone who enjoyed Tarantino's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, the 10-part series on Charles Manson is a fascinating listen. But the reason I'm bringing it up today is that just last week I finished the latest series about Polly Platt. This is a name that might not be familiar to you, but Polly was a genius in the world of film who was often overlooked due to the inherent sexism in Hollywood. Polly was an Oscar-nominated production designer, screenwriter, producer, and executive who had an immeasurable influence on some of the most brilliant films of the 70s and 80s, including Terms of Endearment, The Witches of Eastwick, and The Last Picture Show. Polly also had a lasting impact on the careers of people like Barbara Streisand, Cameron Crowe, and Wes Anderson. But Polly, who died in 2011, is a complicated character as well. She is brilliant and impulsive, she is rational and irrational, she can hold her own with the strongest characters, but also being capable of letting the past go. Basically, Polly Platt is one of the most charismatic and compelling characters to ever grace American movies, and this season of You Must Remember This not only shines a light on her career, but does such a fantastic job of painting her as a real person. I have to be honest, I was moved to tears when I listened to the final episode, Karina only finished the season last week and I already miss having Polly Platt in my life. I was on the Total Reboot registry on Facebook and I was riding back and forth with a girl called Holly who I think summed it up perfectly when she wrote to me. I think listening to her story makes you understand how insidious and systemic sexism can take a really brutal toll on women even when they are successful. I think Holly hit the spot with that comment. This is one of the best podcasts I've listened to and between Karina's narration, the actor Maggie Siff's reading of Polly's unpublished memoir and the complete production that goes into the end product, I can't recommend this enough for you. So head to your favorite podcast platform so you can listen to You Must Remember This and it's the season that focuses on Polly Platt, the invisible woman. <laughs> Okay, it's time to talk about Christopher Nolan's Memento, a movie that was released 20 years ago and continues to dazzle even today. This might feel like a familiar revenge film, but the execution of the premise makes it so much more unique to what you might be accustomed to. Guy Pearce stars as a man who was searching for the people who attacked him and killed his wife. The problem is the attack left Guy's character with antigrade amnesia, which means he has an inability to form new memories and has short-term memory loss every 15 minutes. To find the people who murdered his wife, he uses an intricate system of tattoos and Polaroids to track information he cannot remember. But with such an unreliable memory, can he really trust anyone he speaks to, let alone the clues he's left for himself?
2: I have this condition. A condition? It's my memory. Amnesia? No, 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 it's different from that. since my injury i can't make new memories everything fades if we talk for too long i'll forget how we started next time i see you i'm not going to remember this conversation what's the last thing that you do remember my wife that's sweet dying lenny i guess i've already told you about my condition oh well only every time i see you you don't remember where you've been or what you've just done
0: no I can't make new memories it's like waking it's like you just woke up
2: when you find this guy what are you gonna do I'm gonna kill him maybe I can help you find him are you sure you want this my wife deserves vengeance do not trust her she's gonna use you to protect herself Wants me trying to get me to kill the wrong guy you can question everything you can never know anything for sure teddy don't believe his lies you wander around playing detective well maybe you should start investigating yourself
1: so i'm curious when, when did you first see this film because i saw it at the cinema yeah and i i wish you know there's like moments where like i saw reservoir dogs at the cinema and i don't really know if I saw a trailer and it made me want to go, I like I can't remember yeah. how I lucked upon it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, it's the same with Memento, but I, I, funnily enough, I have memories that are all over the place, which is appropriate yeah. for this movie. <laughs> yeah, perfect. Um, yeah, but uh, I can't remember what drew me. Yeah. I can't remember if I saw a trailer, but I saw it at the cinema, mm-hmm, and it mm-hmm. was similar to Reservoir Dogs in that. When the movie finished, you just sat there for a while.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. till the Till, till the lights in the cinema came yeah. on. No, I remember it very distinctly. It was uh, nineteen ninety nine, uh, or the year two thousand.
1: Uh, so I think it was released in Australia in two thousand and one. So it was released in the states at the end of two thousand. Right. Okay.
0: Yeah. No, I remember. I remember very distinctly. I went with my uh, old movie buddy back then, Dean Hudson, and we went to the George Street Cinemas. And um, this was back in. You know, we went through a movie-going period where it was like we went to the movies once or twice a week. Yeah. So I'm not sure if it was a trailer that got us there or if it was just, you yeah. know, hey, this there's this movie. Was well, it possibly Guy Pierce? Yeah, maybe it was. Yeah. Um, and I remember it was definitely one of the most striking, resonant cinema experiences I'd had up until that point, And probably to this day. Yeah. Because we went in... With no clue right. of what the conceit is and what the execution is, and I, I I remember it so clearly. The first twenty minutes being like, "What the fuck?" and then that moment <laughs> where you suddenly <laughs> like, "Oh shit, this yeah. is what's happening. It's moving backwards." Yeah, uh, and then just the 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 glee and the delight of that. There was a lot of kind of. Um, High concept movies in the late 90s and early 2000s. Mm. Like, like a lot of kind of experimentation started happening. Um, and so there was a lot of brain fizzing moments in the cinema around that time. You know, the first time you saw The Matrix or yep. um, that you kind know, of You know, The
1: Sixth Sense, uh, yeah. Fight Club, like yeah, yeah. You know, AI. All sorts of yeah. interesting. Yeah. experimentation yeah. going on. Even
0: The Usual Suspects from a few years oh, before yeah, that. For sure. I know that's yeah. been cancelled now. But, um, yeah. you know, that movie blew my mind, you know. Yeah. I, I was one of those dummies that didn't get the twist until he loses the limp. Um, right. And I still remember my brain exploding. Like, right, oh my God. And it was very much the same with Memento. And to this day, you know, what, 20 years later, I still remember it very, very clearly. And I also remember having no fucking clue at the end what had really happened right you know what really went on and you know now i watch it as an older person i met the perspective of um non-linear narrative being a lot more in the cultural zeitgeist um you know it's very clear to me what memento is about now but at the time it was one of those cinema experiences that was very tantalizing because it was um you know you knew that there was a lot in there that you hadn't got Right. Hmm.
1: I, I still, you know, I watched it uh, rewatched it. Uh, I actually rewatched it about uh, a year ago hmm. and then uh, and then rewatched it this morning before we uh, recorded this. Hmm. And it's it's fascinating. It's like, oh, I still have to pay attention mm-hmm. to what's going on, mm-hmm. which is yeah. uh you know, just watching the it, it's interesting all those uh, edits are always on. A lot on noises. Yep. Doors closing. Yep. Things being broken. Mm-hmm. You know, clicks. Yep. All that kind of stuff.
0: Yep. And the fact that it's not just non-linear. The fact that you're having to keep two timelines in your head. Yes. There's the black and white story. Yes. Which is moving forward in time, and then the color of story that's moving backwards. Yep. And so, I think the first time you see it, uh, I think it'd be a lot easier to follow the first time if that those black and white sections weren't in there. Yeah. But the fact that you're trying to juggle, you know, multiple stuff all at once is um, a wonderful head fuck.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. And also, uh, and I'm, uh, like, I'm a big defender of Nolan with this. Mm. I think people don't think he has a sense of humour. Oh, he does. I, and he does have a sense of humour. And there's heaps of funny things mm. in this. Specifically, and I'd forgotten this from even the rewatch. I think I know the bit you're going to say. Oh, when he kicks open the door to the wrong place. Yeah, that's, that's oh fucking God. hilarious. It's really funny. <laughs> and he's so. Oh, sorry about that. And then yeah, yeah, yeah. He just goes through and repeats what he just did because he had the. The, he read the note upside down that yeah, it course. was nine instead of six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, even...
0: The part that I thought you were going to say that makes me laugh really hard is uh, when he's sitting on the toilet holding the wine bottle. It's like, oh, I, the scotch I, bottle, what, yeah. What is this? Am I drunk? Yeah. How did hmm. I get here?
1: Yeah, and then the first thing he does <laughs> is I don't feel drunk and he sniffs his armpits <laughs> yeah. and then he thinks, oh, I should have a shower. Yeah, and yeah, he yeah. just has a shower. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah. someone... Then he thinks it's someone breaking in, and then it's actually just this guy coming back to his own apartment. His his own apartment. (laughs) Like there are, there are so many funny moments, and Guy Pierce is really funny. Really really
0: funny. Really great. And I I And speaking of funny bits, like when he finds out when the when the hotel manager admits that he's been renting him two rooms today, make take extra money. Guy Pierce's reaction is hilarious. He's not outraged. It's almost as like yeah yeah of course you know i can I can see how someone would take advantage of my condition sure yeah yep thanks for being on yeah. <laughs> you know and I'll forget anyway in a minute so who cares so who cares
1: <laughs> yeah it's uh it's a really uh, it, I think it's um I think it's easy to overlook a lot of the humor in his movies mm. because he has big concepts yep. and he'll play around with so much mm. that's going on mm. with the storytelling technique mm. and you you forget that you've laughed yeah. quite a few times
0: also it's very dry humor yeah it's... i think
1: it's in, i think he's you know he's an intellectual yeah. so it's not you know like it's it i think um he once did an interview with Richard Donner mm. because he's a big fan of the original superman right. film and if you think about it that makes a lot of sense because and we'll talk about this when we get to batman mm. begins but when you look at batman begins even though that reimagines like that is the movie that sets up modern day superheroes mm. in that. Like I know X-Men came along and gave uh, a new level of currency and you'd uh, be fair to go back to Blade to say, yeah. you know, Blade showed that they could make money again. Yep. X-Men kind of made it cool. But the template for the modern superhero, which Marvel have popped into it, you know, like Iron Man is Batman Begins. Yep. But... With just a little twist, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. But if you look at Batman Begins, it looks very much like the Christopher Reeve Absolutely. Superman. Absolutely, yep. You know, you have a you have a good leading actor. You surround them with stars, yeah, you know, that kind yeah, of yeah. thing.
0: You get the origin, you know. We yeah. move through to their first kind of their debut.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, Richard Donner talked to, said to Nolan that he'd like to see him direct a comedy, <laughs> and Nolan was very much like he was very much. I just don't think that I'm funny enough like I just don't think I have that kind of sense of humor mm. and I I'd be curious to see what a what a comedy would look like from Christopher Nolan because yeah. it would possibly be one of those movies where if we all went along some people would walk out and go, there weren't any jokes. Yeah. We'd be like, what yeah. are you talking about? The whole yeah. movie was funny. Yeah.
0: It wouldn't be a Zucker Brothers, you know, aeroplane style comedy. Oh, yeah. It no, would I, be-
1: no, Batman's not getting his ball bag stuck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <in laughs> He's not zip. walking into a plate
0: glass window really and then thinking that it wasn't there yeah. or getting bitten on the balls by a Jack Russell Terrier. Yeah, um, But it, I, I think it would be, you know, a, a comedy of manners or a comedy yes. of errors or something like that. Um, because I think when we do laugh in a Nolan movie, it is the laughter of kind of the universal humanity type thing. Yeah. You know, someone flubbing something or, yeah. you know, just the confusion of being alive and, you know, hu- being a human. Yeah. It's very subtle.
1: There's very, there's lots of things in this movie as well that, uh, like, you have real visceral reactions to as well. Yeah. The spitting in the cup yep. and then him drinking it yep. is... Every time I see it, I kind of close my eyes because it grosses me out. <laughs> yeah. and it's such a simple thing yeah and it's like oh it's so gross yeah uh also it feels like the the colors of the movie everything it feels so like if if someone told me this was made a year ago I'd be like oh yeah yeah you know it, feel, it still feels uh, modern,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. But
1: also, ti- uh, you know what it is? It's not modern. It's timeless. It's timeless. It feels timeless. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I watched it. Um, I watched it for the first time in probably a decade, and you always have that kind of anxiety about revisiting something that meant a lot to you when it first came out. You know, fuck, yes. is this going to have aged terribly? Oh, it or... was
1: me rewatching The Matrix for yeah. the first time, in God knows how long. Mm. Uh, a couple of years ago,
0: and sitting mm. there and going,
1: "Oh no, this is it's really good. This is still fantastic. Yeah, it's
0: fantastic. I mean, it's very of its time, but it's fantastic. But well, yeah. it's it's kind of of its time because it helped create the time. Exactly right. Yeah, yeah, yeah genre defining. Um, but Memento, yeah, it does have a timeless quality because it's 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 noir and yeah. it's um you know, and the color grading is kind of that muted you know almost i mean i think the 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 color stuff tell me if i'm wrong but it almost feels like it's leaning a little into kind of a sepia kind of yeah. you know like a you know like a memory
1: yeah well you know uh funnily enough uh, to me the uh, i have a very specific thought on that which is the color part of the movie looks like an overexposed polaroid
0: to Mm, me very good yeah you know yeah 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 yeah,
1: yeah. um and uh, interesting you know like the last film we saw of nolan was uh uh dunkirk at the cinema Mm -hmm. and uh right at the start it gives you it gives you that little bit of writing that sort of says you know uh, the soldiers were here for you know a week you Mm know Mm. uh you know flying time is an hour you know the boat and so immediately you you can go. Oh, these are all happening at different timelines, and then this one—it's—it's it's really quite subtle, actually. The—the the, him shooting, like the the photograph fading.
0: Yeah, the bullet going out, back in the gun. But yeah,
1: but the photograph, him looking at it, and it's already yeah uh, producing. He's every time he flicks it, it fades yeah uh, towards uh, backwards, and yeah. then the bullet going into the gun, which immediately lets you know. Oh, hang on! We are watching this, yeah. but it still takes you a while. But that's yeah. that's kind of letting you know, yeah, this is yeah, going yeah.
0: Backwards. But that's I I love that that the you know the photo going from exposed to unexposed, mm. um, and because it's happening so slowly, you really do have that, especially the first time, mm. to sit there for a minute and kind of go, wait, what is something's not right? I can't mm. quite, but you know, p- particularly because Polaroids aren't, you know especially these days, people don't have a huge experience with Polaroids. So, I mean, I had a Polaroid camera in the early 2000s, so I was very aware of that, you know, shaking the photo and it's slowly, you know, revealing itself. Um, But I love that it takes its time to set up this, you know, it doesn't declare itself, but, you know, kind of subtly saying, this is not going to move in a fashion that you are used to. And then speaking of the viscerality of the piece, that first, you know, Teddy screaming, no, but just yeah. before he gets blown away yeah. is incredibly visceral. I remember really um, reacting to that the and first time I saw it.
1: It's funny because when you see him, when he uh, kills uh, the, the, the the one man that we see him kill, yeah. and then he holds the gun up to uh, Teddy at that point, mm. and Teddy kind of brushes it away, it makes you realise what you saw at the start, why he was so casual when the gun was Pointed at yeah. him because he's already been here. He's yeah. already dealt with this, and then it makes you realise that moment when he mm-hmm. says no. That this. Oh, hang on a sec. Yeah. This
0: is game over.
1: This this is different to last time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah also, I'm the target. I reckon if you had asked me, just off the top of your head, how long do you think the story goes? Mm. I would have told you it goes for about a week, but it's. 24 hours. Yeah, it's
0: 24 to 48
1: hours. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, The... Oh, so you've seen... I haven't watched it, but you've watched it edited in chronological Chronological order. order. Yeah,
0: And um, I'm curious, what is... What's that like? It sucks. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. It sucks. Because, you know, you realise, like, uh, this Memento is very much a film uh, that is uh, its success is in the telling. Yes. uh, And its success is in putting you in the, literally in the perspective of the main character. Mm. Uh, You know, how do I get here? Am Mm. I drunk? Who's that guy? Mm. All of that stuff. Uh, So when you watch it in chronological order, it's actually a very straightforward story. Which is
1: what it has to be. It has to be. It has to be be straightforward for the backwards to make sense. Exactly. Because if it was really, like imagine if it was super convoluted, yeah, you, you, you'd just be lost. Well, and it'd
0: be completely impenetrable. So when you're watching it straightforward, it's...
1: And what, sorry, did they, do, so you watched all the black and white stuff that then led into the colour? Yeah, you, I
0: think all the black and white stuff comes first, which then, you know, bleeds into the colour. And so there is no, you're, you, there's never a question mark. I mean, yeah. you, you know everything that's about to occur because you know... He's moving from A to B to C to D. Mm. Um, yeah, and uh, you know I think the point of the film is to put you in the headspace of Guy Pearce's character, mm. um, and so without that conceit, and you could call it a trick or you, whatever you want to call. It. If you yeah. were being un- uncharitable, you could just go oh, to, you know, it's a magic trick. Uh, I think it's more than that. Yeah, but when you watch it in rev- when you watch it in chronological order, it. For me, it diminished the film and it did make the backward structure seem like a cheap trick. Right. In the moment. Right. I don't actually believe that. Yeah. That it was just like, oh, this movie only works because it's in reverse. Yeah. It's like, well, yeah, but that's the point. It's... Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> you, you, you could say that about so many, you know. Yeah. Oh, Star Wars is, you know, just a cowboy movie in space. Yeah. 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 That's the point. Yeah, that's, that's fine. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, yeah. You know, it's funny... Um, Looking at uh, Leonard's body yeah. back in the day, I remember that. I, I don't know about you, but I found that quite confronting, all those different tattoos yeah. across his body. Yeah. Like now he kind of looks like he should be serving me a coffee. He but, looks like you'd be working at JB Hi-Fi. You know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, did, you, did you back in the day, and uh, uh, I don't know if you remember, but do you in, back in the day kind of think... I remember how you felt about that because I did find yeah. that, uh, it was a it was a funny memory to have that uh, it was like oh yeah that I found that a little bit confronting.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think uh, you know as as two guys, definitely of our age. Uh, Tattoo culture was not something that we grew up with, mm. and that it was still kind of a thing. Oh, tough people, like yeah. really scary people, tough people, or fucking weird people. Yeah. Um, and clearly, yeah. I don't think that anymore. I'm completely indifferent. Yeah. Um, and you know, a couple of my very close friends um, run a tattoo parlor, mm. uh, so it's not, you know, no, you no, know, no, 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 barely no. even notice it. But yeah, at the time, and particularly because so many of them are DIY. Yeah. You know, fucking a knitting knitting needle covered in ink. Yeah. Uh, And also it's... I think it's the way they're
1: on his body as well. And
0: they're clearly, like, he's clearly unhinged. Like, there's no... There's a rhyme and a reason for him. Yeah. But when you look at it without understanding the context of it, it's just like, whoa, you're you know it, it, i mean it, it 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 is the tattoo equivalent of him sticking post-it notes all over his body yeah. uh and there's a um the way they're positioned uh the notes are uh, an unhinged mind yeah yeah, uh, yeah so beyond just the kind of the aesthetic look of him being covered in tattoos it's like oh your brain is broken something's happened yeah very bad
1: and you know there's there's once again there's other little things that uh really suggest his mental state, which is which you realise at the end, but the at the beginning you're like, is that suit too big for him? <laughs> Do you know how like yeah, what? Yeah, yeah, And the yeah. suit's are really weird. Yeah. Suit it's really weird for Nolan as well. Like I I feel like you if you heard if you hadn't seen Memento and mm. they said, Oh yeah, Guy Pierce wears a suit, you would have gone, Oh, it must be a black suit with yeah. a white shirt, yeah. you know, that typical kind of Nolan, you know, yeah. inception, even following, yeah. you know, yeah. kind of yeah. look but the, the colors are really weird like a talking head suit or something i was about to say you know <laughs> he is so have you just come from a david Byrne cover concert band, yeah. you know um but uh yeah the 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 ill fitting suit the scratches on his face the scratches on his face yeah. the tattoos mm.
0: and and he's and he is he looks He's scrappy and wiry. He yes. he he doesn't look like he slept. Yes, he looks on edge. Like yeah. there's there's something that, you know the the bleached hair. Yeah, uh, that's not a great bleaching job. No, he looks like a man on the run. He looks yeah. like he's haunted by demons. Like, yeah, just in the way he carries himself and the way he presents.
1: And I and I mean this as a compliment to the movie, but the film looks smelly. Yeah, everyone looks like they fucking stink. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Well, I mean,
0: is there a good person in the film?
1: So that is so funny because <laughs> literally so I've ri- so I've written down all these questions just so i remember all the things I want to talk to you about yeah. and literally the question that I had next was <laughs> is there anyone nice in this film No they're all awful So awful. Okay so let's so so the is Leonard an awful character that had a bad experience or does he justifies mistake with Sam through remembering himself as awful. I
0: think that he is a... I think he is... Even though he cannot remember his actions, he is an awful person because there is that moment in the film where he deliberately deceives himself... Knowing that he is about to kill someone, that
1: oh, well, when he's gonna the end, which is the, the end. start, yeah, yeah, he, yeah, yeah, when you realise that he is deliberately going to deceive himself, yeah, because he's decided he's just going to get back at anyone who's wrong. yeah,
0: him. yeah, or, or just anyone. He just yeah. needs, I mean, I think he says it. He, you know, I need a John G, and you'll yeah. be my John G, fine, yeah. And so, despite the fact that he can't remember. He's aware that he can't remember and he sets up a uh, deception for himself mm. to do something truly awful, commit murder. Mm. Uh in that moment, he chooses to do an awful thing, even yeah. though he will forget. Probably yeah. because he will forget. Yeah. You know, so he's setting himself up to, you know, be a piece of shit. Yeah. Uh, well, that's so, what
1: Teddy says to him at one point. He yeah. say, yeah, you, you remember who you used to be, but you don't know who you are now. Exactly right.
0: And then, you know, if his, if his backstory is to be believed yeah. that he was this... Uh, guy working for an insurance company yeah. and all the rest i mean you know i have my thoughts on people who are in that line of work uh, I, don't, I don't know i don't know that right. you've, i don't know if you can have a great sense of moral justice or um Is conscience that, doing work like that so uh, look, you know
1: we we are sharing a tasty prejudice right there i was about to say that's what that's why i was asking you do you think if he do you think he was ever a nice person like when you see those flashbacks of mm. him i'd like he's a prick yeah he looks like he's uh yeah. you know they've got a big house he's got a he seems to have an insouciance to him regardless of the fact that they have like to me the moment that reveals that he's maybe not a fucking great guy is when he's having a crack at his wife for rereading the novel yeah and she just said can i just can i just read my book yeah yeah, yeah 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 and she's nice about
0: it yeah 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 and he's always got that kind of like donald trump junior smirk oh. that you know m- my shit don't stink smirk yeah. i mean I, th- I think if there is a good character in the movie it's interesting i think the only three redeemable characters are the three characters that you can actually have a question mark whether they even they even exist right. and that is his wife right. uh did she exist in that form cuz she seems you know at worst, benign. Yep. Uh, Sammy Jenkins... Yep. ...who is just lost. Yep. And then Sammy Jenkins' wife, who is driven to do, I think you could say, what is an arguably awful thing. Yeah. But that's through just being but harrowed even... and, you know, she's been pushed to a point where she's right. kind of, you know... But... Uh, do they even exist? Exactly. Do they even exist? Who the who the fuck knows? Yeah. But that I find that interesting. That the the only uh kind of goodness that you can ascribe to any characters are the ones that potentially don't even aren't even right. real.
1: And you know, if maybe if um you know maybe the uh the wife of Sammy is maybe some of her attributes are the wife's yeah. attributes yeah. that he's, you know, pushed into this other world. And was he just so you know, there's the moment where he remembers her, remembers it as pinching her thigh, mm. and then we see it as him yeah. sticking her with the insulin. Did he overdose her then? Is that the moment that he overdosed her, or did she, yeah. or did she try to get him out of it through the way Sammy's wife?
0: Yeah, uh, it's interesting. The last time I watched it, I because you know I, I remember back in the day when I used to watch this movie, I, and I was much more kind of fixated on. When I would watch movies with ambiguity of trying to have a definitive answer. Mm. Uh, and I've kind of arrived at a place with films like this where, you know, to flash forward to Inception a little bit, you know, people very much get caught up on the, ooh, the final shot. Is, mm. the, is, is the spinning top going to fall over or not? I, I, I don't care. Yeah, it, it kind of doesn't matter to me. Yeah, because um, well, that's not really the point. It's, well, and it
1: doesn't matter you, to you because it doesn't matter to Cobb.
0: To Cobb, exactly. And He's happy now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I think it's. I, I think it's uh, on the rewatch of Memento. This time, uh, I found myself not even really questioning what is real and what is not real, and yeah. because a we can't know. Yeah. He is the you know, in the most literal sense, an unreliable narrator. Yeah. Uh, probably the most unreliable narrator that's ever been in a film. Yeah. Uh, not just because he's lying consciously and unconsciously to himself. He literally can't <laughs> remember anything. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, to me, I, I don't even know anymore. I've st- I, I kind of stopped asking the question, is he Sammy Jenkins? And is, yeah. you know, that just a version of the, uh, uh, you know, uh, the, the story that happened to him and his wife that he's convinced himself of? I think... It's a story about a man who has deceived himself to such a point that he' lost all oh yeah like traction on what is real and what is not
1: well that's that's why the uh the form of the movie mm. is really important, yeah because it makes us sympathize with someone who is uh unsympathetic Ooh. and so we end up in this you know if we didn't have that form that's probably why watching it in chronological order, which would be. Like, I have no urge to watch that. Like, I'm interested just yeah. from the sake of...
0: It's an academic interest. Yeah, for sure.
1: Yeah. But uh, it's essentially, it's like, watch this movie about this piece of shit. Hey, yeah. guess what he is at the end? Piece of shit. Yeah, 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 and yeah. Go, yeah, yeah.
0: Oh, okay. And all of them. I mean, because I think they all have... Uh, well, definitely carrie Ann Moss's character has that. Oof. You know, you really feel for her until a moment. Yeah. Uh, and then you realise, oh, you're as fucking awful as all of them. I, you're I, horrible.
1: So it is one of the underrated great shots of nolan mm. is when she says all those awful mm-hmm. things to leonard and then goes and sits in the car yeah, and just sits there and he's looking out yeah. and that shot of the way that she's looking in it's it's like a horror movie yeah. and it and i felt like she was looking at
0: me yep definitely and she has a look of just pure malevolence on her face oh, yeah. uh and you know so and, and, and i think they're you know Same with Teddy. I mean, I think you know that Teddy's a piece of shit from the outset, but you don't, you know, it's only revealed to you right at the end what a piece of shit this guy is. And that really he has no interest in, quote unquote, helping Leonard. Leonard is a convenient fool for this guy to exploit. Right. And just go around the country killing whoever they want to get. I mean, you know, that's what I love about the movie as well, that... God knows how long this has been going on for. Oh, this has been going on for a very long time. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so that
1: was um that was actually going to be um one of my questions to you, which yeah. was um we know it's been a year since he found the real killer because that's what Teddy says. Mm-hmm. Um, now t- Teddy says that, but the first thing we learn about Teddy is don't trust, don't Teddy, trust Teddy. That's what it's what's written on the pack yeah. uh, on the photo. So how many people has Leonard killed? Yeah. And can we even believe that he did find the real killer a year before?
0: Of course. And, you know... Uh, and Which and is fun to think about. Absolutely. And how many adventures have these two guys been on? Yeah. You know, and has any of it been in Teddy's mind for Leonard's benefit or has it all been for Teddy to collect drug money and, you know, whatever, whatever he's doing? You yeah. know, it's that whole, like... Uh, What 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 are the uh, KGB called? A useful idiot. Yeah. You know, Leonard is the useful idiot in Teddy's life. And, um, you know, this could feasibly have been going on for years, five years.
1: And it's also one of those things where did it... Did, like, you know, did it start out correctly? Mm. Like, did Teddy really think, man, I think this guy is onto something and nobody's believing him and he Mm. has this situation. So, you know what, I'm going to help him. And then when he realised... God Like it's It's not helping him And Mm. we can't You know he's When he's holding up the photo And it's Once again A little bit of a Horror shot Of Mm. him covered in blood Smiling And he said, I just want to see that smile again Yeah 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 And you go Well I don't know if I believe that I think you may have been Surprised that He didn't click back To normal Yeah But you know Like it's funny with the rewatch, you know, when he goes and finds him at the tattoo parlor, and he's asking for the keys to put the car away. But what he wants is the two hundred thousand yeah, dollars uh, in, in the boot. Yeah, that's all he wants. So you know, he's awful. Yeah, fucking the guy who runs the hotel is awful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Probably the
0: most benign form of awful, but still awful. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, they're all awful.
1: You know, it's the um, it's it's like possibly the only real person who's nice is um, the escort.
0: Yeah. Yeah, even though she's weirded out by the whole situation and yeah. just kind of goes along with it. Yeah. yeah,
1: and goes and doing doing coke in the, <laughs> yeah. in the toilet. Yeah, 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 you know yeah. what? She deserved it. Like, she just <laughs> had
0: to spend a really weird night.
1: And it's once again, it's one of those subtly really funny moments when you see him asleep and her laying alongside And you're thinking, fuck, how long have you been laying here <laughs> yeah, waiting yeah, for yeah. him to go to sleep? What are you thinking? To get your coin. God. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you? yeah. She would... I want to see a spin-off movie where she <laughs> goes back to work and is telling everyone about <laughs> the weird night that she just had.
0: But that that, that, that that point you make about Teddy, you know, did it start out whatever, benevolent. noble or benevolent? Yeah. I would say no because the very act of teaming up with a guy to go on a vendetta to murder someone outside of the law in you know, its oh, yeah. very essence is unethical and yeah. um, you know so even if he believed that he was doing a, this guy a solid favour yeah well you're still sneaking around trying to kill people oh it's yeah right yeah yeah <laughs> per- perfect casting in Joe uh,
1: Um because he's he's one of those great actors and uh, by the way I've written down like one of the all time great that guy yeah what actors, happened to that guy you know but he's like you know what he's, yeah. he's just always working yeah. like this is just some of the things that I wrote down from is uh, IMDb, Matrix, Goonies, Bad Boys, Two, The Fugitive, Risky Business, Midnight Run, La Bamba, La Bamba, and The Sopranos. So the casting of him, and I've I've got a little bit of a squid bit on this later, but the casting of him is great because as soon as you see him and the photograph says, "Don't trust him," mm-hmm. it's really good casting yep. because you go. I don't know if I do trust yeah, him. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he plays uh, he plays the role so well because you're always aware that he knows more than he's letting on. Oh, yeah. Uh, and it he's does a bit things of a... like
1: just turning up in the car and, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know.
0: Well, the first time you meet him, he tries to claim the... Uh, the Porsche as his oh, car, yeah, you know. Yeah, so from yeah, the very yeah. outset, he's like, "Oh no, that's my car." No, no, it's my car. Yeah. You know, so he's trying to rat fuck him from yeah. every angle. Yeah, um,
1: and also he'll finally get that money in the boot. Yeah, yeah. Oh, of course, yes. yeah yes, 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 yeah. yes. Um, but really good, yeah. really good yeah, casting. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. skis. Uh, he's also funny too. Mm-hmm. Like he's. Lenny. Oh yeah, And it's like oh, <laughs> yes, you've told me about Sammy Jenkins. You know, it's really, really funny. Um, I'd I'd written this down to conclude the questions with, but I'll throw it in now because it's it's uh, pertinent to what we were just talking about, which is um, could you turn this into a TV series?
0: You probably could. Yeah.
1: You know, could you turn it into? Um, yeah. <laughs> what are these guys going to get up to this
0: week? <laughs> would the, Would each episode move backwards? Um. 'Cause it's a gra- I mean it's a great conceit. It'd be very hard to pull off in multiple uh episodes.
1: I wonder if you would do it as uh a true detective style anthology mm. and you could maybe the maybe the first season not too many episodes, maybe six mm-hmm. tops, and play around with the the backwards telling of it. Yeah. But then you know, there's a new mark. And so then you just tell it from, you know, maybe it'd be more like Fargo. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, sure. You know, yeah, you'd sure. Tell you, you know have, just have all these different angles. And mm-hmm. uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> it's, it's like it might be a, a hard thing to do as a series, but uh, I kept sitting there thinking, yeah, I'd probably give it a crack. Oh, definitely. Yeah.
0: I mean, it's a hell of a, it's a you know, just just as a writing exercise, it's a hell of a trick to pull, off, pull yeah. off. I think the last time I watched it a couple of months ago, yeah, I, I was really in awe of, like, it is seamless. Like, yes. everything connects. There's no yep. loose... Because I think back in the day where I wasn't as uh, fluent in it and it was more confusing to me, mm. I was, you know, I would, I would always like, does it fit together as well as I yeah. think it does? And you watch it, it's like, oh, no, it is. Yeah. Perfect. Yep. There are no loose threads. Yep. Everything links perfectly to everything else.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um,
0: You know it's a real condition, right? Yes.
1: Yeah. Yes. Uh, so... Uh, getting to uh something that I had written down for squid bits is that um, doctors have uh, and uh medical people have said uh that the movie is one of the most realistic mm. and accurate depictions uh depictions of amnesia in movies yeah. so it's you know
0: there's a there 's a documentary I saw many years ago I think a BBC documentary uh I can't remember exactly what it's called, but it's something like The Man with the 90-Second Memory. Right. Uh, and it's about a um, uh, an English man in his 60s and he was a very famous uh, concert pianist. Yeah, And he got... Uh, I think he got... It's, it's horrific. I think he got herpes of the brain. Oh, God. And it gave God. him retrograde amnesia. Right. And you spend... Well, that's what,
1: that's what carrie Ann Moss's character, uh, Natalie, says. You know, you could you know, you may have gotten this from syphilis and that's how she's... Yeah, right. You know. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Um, and, you know, it's, I'd obviously seen this documentary post-Memento and so I kind of always thought Memento might be exaggerating
2: right. this
0: condition and to see it in this documentary, I mean, it's truly heartbreaking. Yes. Because he'll, this man will be being interviewed and every couple of minutes or so he'll suddenly be like, wait, who are you, who are you people? Why are you here? Yeah. What, right. what's, what's going on? You know, and they'll show his diary and he's, you know, determined to try and remember stuff and he'll be underlining it and as each year goes by the underlines are more severe and right. more imprinted in the page yeah. and um but funnily enough, still plays the piano perfectly. Hasn't forgotten right. much like Leonard, hasn't forgotten things that happened before his right. condition kicked in. But um
1: that's, I think that's one of the things I really enjoy about Nolan is that he has all these high concept movies that are really based in reality or yeah. as much reality. Like even something like Interstellar, where they tried to base this whole sci-fi movie on yeah. real concept, physical, yeah, 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 uh, concepts. So. Yeah,
0: I mean it's a horrific headspace to even imagine yourself in. I'm yeah, just this being in a, in a in a forever now and forgetting how you got there.
1: Yeah, Do you does this ending feel like it in some ways reflects the ending of Inception in that what we really want to do is create a world where you feel comfortable in. So we just Mm -hmm. said, you know, Cobb is home with his kids and he doesn't need to see if his totem topples and Leonard decides to burn the photographs and lie to himself to get vengeance against anyone who wronged him because he's, he's comfortable with that.
0: Yeah. And well, for me, it's also a statement on the human need for, Purpose, yeah, you know, and for a man who cannot form new memories, who can't have, you know, a, a normal life, yeah, uh, you know, this is the only purpose that he that gives him his life any meaning now, and so for me, I think watching it this time. It very much became about the the, the need for meaning, yeah. Uh, the you know uh, man's search for meaning. Yeah. What is your life if you don't have a purpose? Yeah. And uh, I mean, you know that you know that line where he says, you know, um, you're right. I do need a John G. So yeah. you can be my John G. So funnily I en- need a John G.
1: Yeah. And funnily enough, this movie is him being successful at what he does. Yeah. Because he got the ball rolling on this part of the story.
0: Hmm. Hmm. So can I ask you, what do you think, though? It feels to me, though, that what we see at the end, or at the, sorry, at the beginning of the movie with him yeah. executing Teddy, yeah. might be the beginning of the end for him. Because Teddy uh, is his great enabler.
1: Okay, so funnily enough, uh, I was actually going to finish this bit. We're very on symbiotic this on yeah, this. No, 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 it's good. It's uh, It's like I... Thank goodness I know how to uh, <laughs> bounce around with my questions. Um, but my question to you was going to be, what happens to Leonard after this movie? Yeah, well, for me... Because I, I, if he's been doing this for... Let's just let's just believe, Teddy, that it's been a year. Mm-hmm. But he is now driving around in the clothes and the car of a scary guy.
0: Mm-hmm. A, a cocaine his. dealer. Yeah. Yeah, with $200,000 in the boot. Yeah. He's got a guy that he has beaten up and tied up in a closet and then released to notice who he is. Yeah carry on moss knows who he is sorry that is one of the funniest Very moments
1: in when he's like
0: okay i'm chasing
1: this guy and then the guy <laughs> yeah, pulls yeah. The gun. oh no no he's chasing me he's chasing me <laughs> <laughs> so yeah there's
0: a lot of people that know him he doesn't have the protection of a person in law enforcement who is guiding and directing him so i feel like without you know it's almost like um uh the teddy is like a malevolent jiminy cricket you know, just kind oh, of yeah. guiding him into different directions. But <laughs> so, so without that... Jiminy he... Cockroach. <laughs> <laughs> so, without that, he's aimless. And so, I
1: wonder if that's where you would take a TV series. Because you know how Teddy says at one point, you know, who's been calling me and all that. And he mm. said it's someone that he works with, uh, just messing with him. And there is a moment where he is caught, the phone is ringing and he doesn't pick up. And then the note gets pushed underneath and he says, pick up the phone. Mm. So, is there possibly, what's Ted, like, maybe that's what the series is. Mm. Teddy was working with another crooked cop and yeah, maybe that guy will come in and...
0: Yeah, yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe they timeshare Leonard.
1: <laughs> yeah, like, who knows, right? But it's... Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, but I, yeah I, I wondered if, oh, well, you know, congratulations on doing the thing that you set out to do at the beginning of the film, which is take down yeah. Teddy and deliberately deceiving yourself because now that you have done that your story is coming to an end real
2: Real
0: quick. It does feel like that. It feels like you know, ten minutes from now, he's going to get pulled over, and he's going to find himself in a jail cell with no remembrance of why and how he got there. Yeah, I don't. Wherever it goes, it doesn't end well. He's left too much of a blood trail now oh. behind him, and he doesn't have anyone to cover for him anymore.
1: Well, you know what's interesting as well is that there's lots of uh, subtleties in the dialogue. I think it's probably some of his uh, Nolan's best dialogue, actually. Mm. Um, and there's subtleties in it, like. The first guy that he kills, Natalie's partner, mm. uh, she knows about him because this guy's mentioned that he's been hanging around. 100%. So, you know, so that's probably been Teddy getting him in there and having a look and mm. all that kind of stuff. So and that could have been
0: going for months. That could have been going for months. Yeah. And, you know. And I find it interesting that Natalie doesn't seem... devastated, or even particularly disturbed that this guy has killed her partner. Yeah. You know, if I...
1: Well, she's defensive when he first walks in. Defensive. But
0: if someone pulled up in my partner's car wearing their clothes, uh, I would be freaking out. I would be, you know... And then when it becomes very clear that... Her boyfriend is probably dead. Yeah. She doesn't seem to be particularly, you know, no. upset by that.
1: Well, at one point when they're in bed together, and this is uh, something that I find really fascinating, uh, but she says we have something in common with survivors. Mm. And that says to me yes. that there was that other guy, Dodd, that she knew that she was going to be on the receiving end of, so she made sure that, mm, mm, mm. you know. Yeah. Leonard would go off and deal with that, yeah. and uh, well, if my boyfriend's gone, I've just got to protect myself now. So I'm just going to be practical.
0: Yeah, yeah. That, I think that's I think that's the key. Practical. I, I
1: feel like she's one of our. Like, I think she's is she underrated? Yeah. Like, I think she's great. Yeah, I feel like great. she should be. Yeah. Off the especially, I wonder if the two Matrix sequels yeah. had been better. If if the second Matrix film had been what Aliens was to Alien, mm-hmm. does she get the... Is she, is she the Sigourney Weaver of the turn of the century?
0: Yeah, it's... Because uh, I, 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 Keanu and Lawrence had a bit of a lull after the Matrix sequels, didn't they? Yeah, I think so, They kind yeah. of bottomed out for a bit. Yeah. And then I'm not sure that Lawrence Fishburne ever fully recovered and became as big as he was yeah. again. Keanu did, but it took a long time. And I would say it's probably only like the John Wick stuff that kind of brought him back. Well, into, that,
1: that definitely brought him back.
0: Um, You know, and also just everyone loves Keanu, but oh, um, because, yeah, I like, think
1: like he's like the greatest human being. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think uh,
0: Reloaded and, uh, and Revolutions, Revelations, Revolutions? whatever the third one is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think that put a, a, a stink on that cast that maybe they didn't, get to recover from. And I think maybe because carrie Ann Moss didn't have a huge established career pre-Matrix that maybe, you know, whatever, Hollywood or the, you know, audiences decided, you know, yeah whatever.
1: Well, it's funny. So after the Matrix revolutions, you get Something's Got to Give, mm. Ellie Parker, you know, you get Constantine, which I think did pretty well. You get a Scanner Darkly. That's right. You know. Yeah, but were... these are
0: not huge
1: the day the earth stood still was no, 2009 fucking
0: dog shit movie
1: yeah and then it's um yeah it's a bit yeah it's interesting isn't it mm. but uh she's i think she's really really great and it's um it's a little bit uh uh i, I feel like she should be bigger. definitely
0: and her role in this is fantastic because it really does pay uh homage to the kind of uh you know the uh the film noir lady yeah, that that archetype, you know, knowing a bit more than she's letting on. Yeah, uh, you know, out for herself. You know, as you said, a survivor. Yeah,
1: yeah, she's she's great. Yeah, uh, she's and fantastic. rewatching this was like, yeah, she's got um, she's got really sexy yet, uh, she's got really sexy eyes, which can be sultry, but can also, like I said, that look when she's looking at us while terrifying. waiting is fuck, really scary yeah
0: um, so just, it's just on matrix reloaded and revolutions for a second I don't think they're nearly as bad as everyone so I really um, don't
1: I would have to re-watch them I remember sitting in the cinema for the second film being pretty bored I found mm. them a, I found them boring mm-hmm. and I think that was though I do remember uh, I think in the third film, when is when does he do the first lot of flying? Oh, it's the second film. Isn't the second it? film. When, yeah. when he's flying, uh, that was the first time I remember turning to a friend and saying, "Oh, they need to make a Superman movie now because uh, it was because uh, it looked great. It looked
0: like I mean, it's so funny to say it now because it does look like a video game. Yeah. But during that burly brawl where he fights the hundred Smiths, mm. I was sitting there, truly like I have. No fucking clue how they're doing this. This yeah. looks so real. Yeah. Like it looks so fucking real to me. Yeah. And again, it's so funny because it doesn't at all. But uh I think yeah, but just, at the time, at the time my yeah. God.
1: Well, you know the uh it's it's funny there's there's a there's one massive flaw with the concept of the matrix forming. Mm. And I and I love you know how Grant Morrison Saw the Matrix and was mm. like, "What the fuck? This mm. is the Invisibles." And then he got really offended yeah, yeah, when they yeah, did not yeah. copy the second and third volume. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But I think the, the the there's a major flaw with the concept, which is why would you want to leave the Matrix if that's what the world
0: is? Yeah. So yeah, yeah. yeah. This, uh, well, yeah. I mean, and and, and uh, the, yeah, this idea of like reality at all costs. Nah, that's why drugs and alcohol are so popular. Right. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> So there's there's just a there's just a there's a crack in the foundation,
1: and yeah. I think the second and third movies kind of expand upon that. But I remember um, a friend of mine loved the second film, and then I this was back in the day when I was a little bit more verbose about not liking stuff, and uh, I came back and I was just like, oh god, I just didn't get into that at all. Now I would couch it in, yeah, now it was fine. And then as soon as that friend left, I'd go, like, oh That's god, I was going to set myself on fire and shoot myself <laughs> into the sun. But the and I remember saying that he's really. A, gobsmacked that i didn't enjoy it mm. and i was saying what was going on with the fucking five minute rave yeah and uh and he my friend was so sweet he said well no i think that's a representation of people just getting back to their roots and getting in yeah. and i was like no 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 no, like i understand it yeah. but what was it <laughs> you know um guy pierce mm. so i'm gonna do it i've decided uh i did this as a throwaway for our first podcast, uh-huh. and now I'm going to throw this... This is going to be a little regular thing for sure. us for this Nolan run because sure. he likes to use the same actors. Yep. Could Guy Pearce mm. have been great as Scarecrow in the Dark Knight trilogy? Ah, right?
0: Guy Pearce would have been great as a lot of different people in Nolan films. I think Guy yep. Pearce could have been in Inception. Oh, easily. yeah, yeah, very yeah. Very easily. Yeah. Yep. Guy You know, talk of underrated actors. Guy Pearce yep. is deeply underrated. He is... Yep fucking fantastic.
1: Yeah, he's a fascinating
0: uh, fascinating. Yeah. Have you seen The Rover?
1: Oh. My so, lord. I thought that was great that film oh. and I know like I know a few people who I like mm. who have seen that movie who have been so dismissive oh, of it. How? And and one and you know uh, you know what? I'm uh, I know it hasn't been widely watched so mm. I'm not, for this podcast I'm not going to say the what? ending. Sure. Because if you haven't, you know, if you haven't watched it, I I would like you to watch it and let us know what you think. Highly or if you have recommend. watched it, go to the Big Squid Facebook page and please let mm. let me know. Great but film. I think so many of my friends are really dismissive of the ending, going, that's what it was all about. Oh. And I'm like, are you serious? Yeah, it's beautiful. That's what it was all about. And it was all
0: there in the title from the very beginning. It's wonderful. Absolutely it's wonderful. Anyway, uh, that, that, that ending is. So powerful, the oh, resonance yeah. of what it means, particularly in the in the uh narrative of that 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 character and how kind of irredeemable you think he is and yeah. his inability to connect and all of it. It was also the first film I saw where I realized, oh my God, Robert Patterson is um, just so, the best,
1: you know, so I reckon that is same and the then, best. you know and then you keep every time you watch a Robert Patterson movie, my you Lord. sit there and you go, well, this guy like." What's really exciting about this is he's done what he had to do mm-hmm. to set up his career mm-hmm. and now we are about to go on you know when you you know when you went, Oh like Brad Pitt's really handsome, but he's making really interesting yeah, movie choices. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, that's where we are with this guy.
0: Yeah, but Patterson is like you know, I mean I know Batman, you know, assuming coronavirus doesn't completely der- derail and I know he's doing yeah. the next Batman film. Yeah. But other than that Well, he's in tenet. <laughs> Yeah, of course, yeah. Tenant as well. Yeah. But prior to that, I think everything he's done is a low to mid budget indie oh, film. Yeah. Good well, Time. Yeah. The Lighthouse.
1: Claire Denise's uh, uh Your High, high Life, Life,
0: Cosmopolis. Like yeah. these are all very yeah. kind of micro budget movies, high concept, yeah. great directors, then their visions. Yeah. You know, and he you know, I think Tom Hardy maybe is has, in the popular consciousness, kind of moved into a bit of self-parody, just in the, you know, doing a different voice every time and going out of his way to be unrecognisable. I still love Tom Hardy, but Patterson does it in a way that is... I mean, you know, you think about his performance in Good Time or The Rover compared to The Lighthouse, and it's like, how is that the same guy?
1: Oh, man, The Lighthouse is one of the the funniest movies I've seen. It's the best
0: romantic comedy I've ever seen in my life.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That is a... (laughs) Uh, that is so funny. I love it. So I love that movie. True.
0: Oh, I was cackling watching that in the cinema.
1: Um, I can't remember the last time I saw a movie. And Once again, it's not a widely seen movie, so I'm going to speak obliquely. Yeah. But I can't remember the last time I saw something in a film that I found so horrific and couldn't stop laughing. Oh, and that, you know exactly
0: what I I I'm I know exactly saying. what you're talking about. Yeah. Yes, and yes. It, was like,
1: it was It was almost bordering on like Warner Brothers cartoon <laughs> yeah, yeah, where you're going... <laughs> Is this ever going to end? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) My favourite bit is um, Willem Dafoe's three-minute soliloquy Uh, of how offended he is when uh, Robert Patterson says that he doesn't like his cooking and he's Uh, cursing him to uh, drown with King Trident uh, forever among the coral and the seashells. Willem Dafoe. You liked my lobster, didn't you? Oh, Oh, Willem Dafoe,
1: you legend. Yeah. Um, A a few more questions before we get into the squid bits. Um, I watched an interview with Nolan. Mm. It was like, and he's so, like, he's, not even thirty yet, and you're watching it, and you go, son of a bitch. Yeah, like, yeah, like, well, yeah, well, so while well, I was running the runner room, and um, <laughs> he, uh, he, but he's so delightful, yeah. and he was saying an influence on the movie. Uh. So people were kind of, and I remember this when it first came out. People were kind of like putting it in a Fight Club, um, mm-hmm. a Sixth Sense kind of area. Mm. But the movie that was an influence on it was mm-hmm. Angel Heart. And right. so the the reason is um, Angel Heart is a movie that you watch and it all makes sense and then everything is there and when you get to the end, you go, oh, hang on a sec, this is a completely different movie.
0: Right, I haven't seen Angel Heart. Oh, haven't so, you? Um, you know
1: what? Why, let's just leave that there okay. and let's, um, let's do that as a little bonus after we've done the Nolan yeah, movies sure, because sure. I reckon, you know what? let's do that. All I've, all I, I know
0: of it is that, uh, Robert De Niro has, uh, very long fingernails in it. That's all I know of Angel. Oh, White.
1: I'm even disappointed you know that. But, um, <laughs> but, uh, I'd be, I reckon that's a bit of a lost classic. Okay. And I would, great. uh, that'll be fun. I've got that on Blu-ray. Yeah. I'm in. And, uh, the hairs on my arms have just stood up and that shows <laughs> you how much I like it. Um, one of the things that I've noticed, and I was going to mention this before, mm. uh, when Leonard goes to bed with Natalie, he keeps mm. his pants on. And there's something, uh, mm. something that made me think a lot of Nolan's movies are weirdly sexless. sexless. yeah. And of all the things that happen in The Dark Knight Rises, and, you know, people have... I know that's a movie that is... It seems the opinion of that film is all over the shop. Yeah. And, uh, and a lot of the time I think that when people push back against it, it's because it's not The Dark Knight. But mm. it can't be The Dark Knight because that's the middle part and this is a movie of endings and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But the one part of the film that I remember sitting in the cinema and going, oh, that's weird, was like Bruce Wayne has sex with Miranda Tate. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> And I didn't, I didn't twig at the time why I thought, oh, that was a bit weird. Yeah, I don't know why. I didn't know at the time, but watching this and seeing... Guy Pierce in his pants mm. laying next to Natalie. Yeah. I was like, oh, it's because there's not really any sex in any of these movies.
0: Yeah. I, I also think it's a, a statement about his character, you know, that he,
1: oh, in they, his he, mind,
0: he's still married to his wife.
1: Oh, yeah. No, 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 no. I, I totally agree with yeah. that. Yeah. But I'm just saying in Nolan's oeuvre.
0: That's true. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. it's,
1: there's, there's romanticism. Yeah. Mm. But um, you know, even in the prestige, there's not really you know. Yeah, there's no
0: horn dog scenes. No, nah, and you know no. his
1: love of Rachel. There's something, and I wonder if that is uh, something that subtly conditions people to mistake Nolan's movies for being cold.
0: Cold, yeah, the coldness, the emotional because, coldness.
1: Because I actually don't agree with that. Hmm. But there isn't anything obviously going on.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think they're I mean if they're cold and I do I don't think that's completely untrue. I think right. they're but I think it's the coldness that maybe you see in a Kubrick movie where yeah. they're very um you know, it's like a piece of clockwork. Yeah. You know, uh all the bits are perfectly constructed and I think yeah. that can be mistaken for coldness.
1: Yeah. I like I'm and we'll get on we'll get onto this when we get to the Dark Knight Rises, mm. but my and I've probably banged on about this on other podcasts. But <laughs> you? I yeah. I'm nothing if not consistent. And uh but one of the things is that I'm I I swear black and blue that what Bruce Wayne the lost Bruce Wayne feels in the third movie for Rachel Dawes is Nolan working through how he feels about Heath Ledger.
0: Yeah, right. Okay. And
1: Interesting. uh you know. Interesting. And it, it, because I'm convinced... Because he's got really good integrity and would not have anything about the Joker in that movie mm. out of respect for Heath Ledger. Mm. And you know... Like, you know, they talked about doing three films and, you know, he he always committed just to one. But, you know, they would have... Like, obviously, there would have been something about the Joker yeah, if nothing had happened. What would have happened? Oh, yeah. And we'll mm. save that for the Dark yeah, yeah, Arises. But it is... Um, yeah. by his complete and utter absence, that suggests to me that that's deeply felt emotionally. Sure. Yeah. Because otherwise, if you didn't feel that deeply, maybe there would have been a newspaper headline. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 you something, know? yeah. So, yeah, anyway, yeah. Um, and my final question for you is what would you tattoo on your body? <laughs> what message?
0: Oh, that's hard. Because I'm, as I said before, I'm not anti-tattoo. I'm extremely no. anti-tattoo when it comes to myself. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I get bored of posters on my wall. Oh, yeah, for sure. You know what I mean? So yeah. the idea of ever tattooing anything. Maybe,
1: maybe, maybe you'd get uh, so you'd only recognize it when you looked in a mirror. It would be don't get a tattoo. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I wonder what I would get. That's a, that's a really interesting question. If I had to get a tattoo.
1: Mine would be the, uh, you have the potential for diabetes. <laughs> just as I'm, you know, I'd have it on my wrist, just as I'm about to pay for a snack. Oh, sorry, uh, I can't get this, uh, got this
0: little message here. This is a deep cut, but I always thought back in the day, <laughs> if I was ever to get a tattoo, I would get a tattoo of Barbalith from the uh, Invisibles. Oh, yeah, right.
2: Yeah, that is a deep cut.
1: You know, he's got a website where you can get it as t-shirts. and. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. I'll show it to you afterwards. Yeah, well. Um, so some squid bits for you, gotcha. which uh, uh Guy Pierce said the movie made him question his own memories. Yep. When he started thinking about things going, Oh well hang on, you you're recreating them all the time. And mm. so that's a that's an interesting
0: Yeah, well we talked about this briefly in the following episode, but um yeah, I often I often think about that, you know, how much of uh, memory is uh narrativized and how much of it is the actual event as yeah. it happened. Um yeah fascinating. Yeah. And it's
1: interesting once again to see that very much play a part in movies like inception as well, yep. you know, uh, the recreation of yeah. of dreams etc. Yeah. Uh we, we've already kind of covered this but just in case anyone is still a little bit uncertain the color sequences are the the story in reverse order while the black and white are in chronological order and there's a moment when the two parts of the story come together where black and white fades to color with the development of the polaroid photograph and um i have to be honest i um it wasn't until i was just looking up some facts to finish here i was like oh yeah like i kind of didn't even notice it and i was watching it closely yeah
0: it's an outstanding transition it's one of those ones that if you do realize it while you're watching it it yeah. it creeps up on you.
1: Yeah, it's one of those things where as soon as you see it, you go, well, maybe I'll just watch it again. Yeah, tonight. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Stephen Tobolowski, who plays Sammy Jankis, mm-hmm. uh, for people who might not know the name, also played Ned Ryerson, who Bill Murray can't help but remember all the time, resulting in in, uh, in uh, Groundhog Day and has to punch him. Yeah. So it's just a, it's just a funny little coincidence. <laughs> oh, he can't remember anything. Oh, Bill Murray can't fucking get away from him. Um, the guy who... On the front desk, who's ripping him off with the two rooms? Yeah, he's Detective Flass Yeah, in Batman, Batman Begins. Begins. Yeah, uh, Fox is great how head think- that guy. Oh,
0: that's fantastic yeah, head. Yeah, yeah.
1: That's <laughs> funny because Detective Flass in uh, Batman Year One is a big meathead kind of mm. bully guy, but he's you know, he's got the he's got one of the funniest lines in Batman Begins as well. Is when he's getting the food and he's like, "Oh, what about?" The-? He doesn't want to pay him. He's like, "I got to feed my kids." What? Don't they like falafel? Yeah, he's <laughs> spitting it as he says it. <laughs> um uh great grot oh yeah yeah, yeah. like he looks yeah. he looks delightfully stinky yeah real stinky yeah, guy yeah yeah yeah, yeah 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 yeah
0: yeah yeah rexona sport for that one. Oh, you know <laughs> only for special occasions
1: uh so yordra fox uh is leonard's wife uh i first saw her in er and she was really right. good in er yep um thomas lennon uh the doctor in memento who is testing Sammy and he mm-hmm. keeps getting electrocuted. He's also the doctor in Dark Knight Rises who tells Bruce, you've had all these injuries. Right. So to me, Memento and the Dark Knight Trilogy are all in the same universe because <laughs> that doctor is uh, working his way through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Wouldn't that be amazing if uh, Tenant? Because uh, I've heard scuttlebutt that Tenant is somehow tangentially related to Inception. That's what I've heard as well. Uh, and I'm, I'm trying
1: not to... It's, not- it's It's... Oh no no! I'm happy to talk about yeah, it. Yeah yeah. But it's um, you know, like I've I've declared to all my friends that this is my big opportunity to get COVID because I'm going to go to the cinema <laughs> heaps and I don't give a fuck if if this is how I go down. At least I go down for ten. Just take
0: a tarpaulin to drape over the seat.
1: <laughs> I'm just going to rent this place here. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's funny. As soon as it started getting pushed back, I've emotionally disconnected from it because there's a part of me that would almost prefer them to say, we'll bring it out next year. Yeah. You know, rather than, it, it'll be in, it'll be in, it'll be in July. It'll be uh, late July. It'll be August. <laughs> uh, sorry, everyone in America is, it's like, really struggling. It's so like the dollar get...
0: bill on a fishing line that you keep trying to grab. Yeah. Like, no, <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> So, um, so it's funny when you said that. Uh, I was like, oh, oh, oh! I'm trying not to think about it. <laughs> yeah, the time will come, my friend. Yeah. before you know it, well,
0: this is this is all a
1: lead up to uh, a podcast that's so loud, everyone says, "Why didn't you turn it down when you uh, produce it?" And I'll say, <laughs> I did. Um, uh, in the background of one scene, you see a, another Batman logo and a Superman really? logo. Yep, yep. It's across yeah, right. the across the road. It looks like it's possibly. Uh, a comic shop or something yeah, like wow. that. So mm. it's like the little Batman logo turning up, yeah. and uh, yeah, funny.
0: All time is one time.
1: Uh, Nolan is a big fan of the Matrix and said that it was a big influence on Inception because it showed uh, to him how a mass audience could embrace a massive, complex philosophical concept in mm. some sense. So having mm. you know Carrie Anne Moss and yeah. Joe in this must have been yeah, like of course. Part I of, didn't even yeah of course. Yeah. Um, His brother pitched the idea of the story to Christopher when they took a cross-country road trip from Chicago to Los Angeles. And so it's a short story that you can read uh, online as well. Uh, John G is a homage to Jonathan Nolan's Georgetown University screenwriter professor.
0: Oh, great. Yeah. Lovely.
1: Um, Nolan wrote the screenplay as a linear story. And then would go back and reorder it the way it is on the screen to check the keep the logic of it. Yeah, the fidelity, it, which yep. makes makes sense. Yeah, you'd have to. Yeah. Um, Nolan was influenced by George Louis Borges's short story "Funes the Memorious," which is a story about a man who remembers everything and can't forget anything. So this movie is an inversion of that tale. What
0: would you rather? Being never never being able to forget anything, or uh, Leonard's condition.
1: Well, I look. I think it would be easier. Well, it'd be easier to function, to remember everything. Mm. But I don't know about you, but especially in lockdown, in that level of isolation Mm -hmm. where I did not see anyone I knew for Mm -hmm. nine weeks, Mm. I found memories coming back that I just, like, also, like, really, oh, I was, oh, yeah, I remember that kid that I went, to school with in grade four mm. who used the term skit. And I said, no, it's a sketch. And I corrected him, but I was wrong. And I feel bad about it. <laughs> and if I could get in touch with Ross, I would say, sorry, man, I was just a fucking idiot and uh, you deserve better. And he would never remember this yeah, moment. Yeah, yeah, of course. But I've had those kinds of memories coming yeah, back. yeah, yeah. So I think having every memory would... There, there, of course, there'd be stuff that would be so beautiful and so yep. lovely,
0: but then there'd be other memories where you go, you know, I was just a bit of a cock at that yeah, point. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I am, And it would be a forever now, oh. I think. I, I saw, I, another documentary I saw was about this condition as well, like this right. inability to forget. Right. And it was a woman saying it is fucking hell because she yeah. was talking about, you know, deaths of clothes people or breakups and stuff. And she's like... There's no distance. There can never be any distance distance between the moment because it's forever that you recall everything as a forever now. Um, So, you know, because, you know, I think there's that part of, especially us, you know, we like to read books and stuff, you know, oh, how wonderful it would be to be one of those, you know, people that can oh, read, you know, and remember, Paradise Lost and, and be able to rack it off, you know, that but, Alan Moore way Yeah, yeah, but um, also,
1: you know, just remember what you read three pages
0: before Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, um, you know, I think both would be a, a terrible curse, but it's interesting when you talk about, you know, being able to recall stuff, I wonder, is it all there? You know, is is it all filed away? These, you know, because I have a similar thing. You know, you'll suddenly, whatever smell will come along and suddenly it's like, holy shit. I recall that thing
1: immediately. immediately. Was that déjà vu as well? I had a really bad case of déjà vu. You know, I've never
0: had déjà vu in my entire life. Oh, haven't you? I've never had that experience. Really? No.
1: So, I wrote uh, a thing for doc play, Mm. uh, and I was asked to write my... uh, five documentaries that I really enjoy and then uh, they'll publish that to help promote DocPlay and, and you know, promote this podcast. Mm. You know, it's like, okay, yeah, why not? You know, I'm hanging around and watched all these docos and uh, picked out five and wrote, and then, then just as I sent it off, I had this awful sense of deja vu and I felt like something bad was going to come from it and I had to write to... Uh, the. Uh, my manager and say, hey, I'm just having this really awful deja vu. Can you have a look at this and make sure that it's fine? Yeah, like, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't even know what instigated the feeling, but yeah. it was almost, it was a sense of, it was, it was a cross, the feeling for me was a cross between a real memory and waking from a dream. Right. And that's what deja vu felt like right. at that point.
0: Okay. Yeah, I've never never had this experience.
1: you know, by the time this comes out, I might be embroiled in some awful (laughs) situation and we'll be able to laugh about it because we'll say, oh, yeah, he's talking about this on the podcast. (laughs) Um, So this will be interesting for you. Brad Pitt was originally cast but had to pass due to scheduling conflicts. I think Pitt would have been good. But, But, I mean,
0: I'm I'm glad it's Pierce.
1: Yeah, you know what? Like... I fucking love Brad Pitt. Yeah. But Brad Pitt's got heaps of good roles. Yeah. So, you know, like... Yeah. And there's something... There's just something a little bit blank about Guy Pearce, Uh, which is... Yeah. Um, which helps with the fact that if it's Pitt, I think you... You know how Joey uh, Pantalone is... Uh, He's perfect casting because you immediately don't know if you should trust him or yeah. not. And Brad Pitt, I he's think he's too he much of a movie star. I think you would have trusted him. Yeah, but you do might have taken you longer than you do with Guy Pearce, where you go, yeah. "Well, I'm on his side because he's got this awful affliction and he's had this awful thing yeah, happen yeah, to yeah, him." Yeah, 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 yeah. And as it progresses, like it's about halfway through, where you're going, "I don't know if this guy. Like, I think he might be a bit of an asshole." Yeah, and I think Guy Pearce brings that, and he's also really good at. Like it's quite. Oh, anyway, it's it, good. It, it, it's
0: good. It, it, there's a, there's a there's a there's a quality to certain movie stars where you know there's a handful of them: uh, Pitt, DiCaprio, Tom Hanks, Tom Cruise, where they've reached they've they've attained that kind of like uh, you know red giant level of celebrity where it doesn't. Diminish their performance, but I don't forget that I am watching. Oh yeah, well that was the Brad, Brad Pitt.
1: That's a, that was that's why the it's perfect. Yeah, that Brad Pitt is in Once Upon a Time of in Hollywood. Yeah, like yeah, everything yeah. he brings to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, do you think he do? You consciously think that you're watching Brad Pitt when you
0: watch Ad Astra. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it that doesn't mean that it's I don't that that, no. that doesn't mean that I don't go, whoa, it's a great performance." Yeah. But it, he's he's Brad Pitt. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's funny sometimes that's uh I used to think of that as a negative, but then no. you realize that uh being yourself is really hard. Yes, so, you know, yeah. it's like when, you know, that kind of thing gets uh you know, goes Clooney's way, you know, and it's yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know how hard it is to be that natural, that you're that person? Yeah, and yeah. I feel
0: like when I'm watching Brad... Like, you know, sticking with Brad Pitt for a minute. Mm. You know, I feel like I'm watching dimensions of the same man, mm. whereas I don't necessarily get tricked. Funnily enough, with DiCaprio, I think the only role with DiCaprio where I'm ever, like, halfway through, I'm like, oh, that's right, I'm watching DiCaprio, is um Calvin Candy in Django. Oh, right. Because he's playing so against type, and he's under... You know, his teeth are all browned out, yep. and he's got... Yep. The beard and everything. What about
1: what's eating Gilbert Grape?
0: Yeah, that too. Yeah. you know. Um, but abs-
1: that's that's. But, but that's, in defense but of what you're saying, that's really at the start of his career. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. You know, he hasn't he hasn't reached the yeah. You know, like you know, supernova stardom yet. Yeah. Uh, and again, that's not to diminish the performance. No. You know, I think that Tom Cruise, interestingly enough, has just doubled down. He's like, I'm just going to play Tom. You know, I'm going to I'm going to consciously play Tom Cruise well, in every movie you, that I make. You
1: know what's funny is you um you know you see some excursions away from that like uh, Magnolia and, and stuff Stein. like that which yep. and um, an Eyes Wide Shut and mm. things and it's like he made a bit of an effort and none of that worked so now he's just going to make Post 2000s Tom... it's just Tom Cruise I'm just going to make Tom Cruise I'm just going to
0: do Mission Impossible movies
1: uh, My Guilty my guilty
0: Love Mission, Mission Impossible. Impossible there's movies. nothing to feel guilty about they no. are f- Fucking awesome! Well, I'm not really into Tom Cruise, but I, but oh, that, that's why it's guilty. But, the greatest uh, action franchise of all time. Yeah, it's so good. I don't. I'm not a great fan of Tom Cruise, but when I watch those movies, I'm like, you know what? I don't care how fucking crazy you are. You're oh great. yeah, yeah. You <laughs> and know, you're in the, awesome. In that last movie where you see him do the jump and he
1: snaps his ankle yeah, and, and just keeps, keeps running. running, and you go, you are insane. <laughs> I saw that movie with Adam Richard, and we we were um, we were having such a good time that we were whispering to each other that you know, like when the helicopter slams into the side oh. of the wall, we, we, we were always joking, you know, he really did that and that's not Henry Cavill acting. That's him actually yeah. in fear for his yeah, life yeah, because yeah. Tom Cruise has just done that. We
0: well, you know that he's about to shoot a, um, a film oh, in space. space. Of course he is. Of course he is. Yeah. Yeah. He's great. <laughs> um,
1: Aaron Eckhart was also considered for the role, but yeah, they right. went with Guy Pierce because they wanted that, you know. Um, Scrappy, wiry. Here's something yeah. interesting. Uh, up for the role of Teddy was Dennis Leary.
0: Yeah, I'm so glad it wasn't.
1: I'm so glad it wasn't either. But, um, he, he, but I kind of can see the insouciance yeah. and looking like a masculine cop. Yeah, you know. But I'm sure he would have done a
0: fine job. Yeah. But Teddy is Teddy is the snake in the Garden of Eden. Yeah, absolutely. He's a slimy motherfucker.
1: So Carrie Ann Moss suggested Pantalone. Yeah, right. And, uh, and they were. Um, so a bit worried that he might be a bit too villainous, mm. but Nolan was impressed by the subtlety he brought to the performance. Mm-hmm. Um, Guy Pearce improvised the narrative in the black and white scenes to give it a documentary feel. Yeah, right. So that's so he was given you know carte blanche to yeah, right play around with it. So cool. that's cool. Um, David Julian, I think, is his name, is the film composer. He was inspired. By uh, Vangelis's soundtrack for Blade Runner mm-hmm. and Hans Zimmer for The Thin Red Line. He gave the colour yeah. sequence a brooding and classical theme and the black and white an oppressive and rumbly noise. And it's, it's it's one of the things that I was noticing while watching it, going, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, like Nolan has had a very keen sense of how he wants his films to sound from, yep. a, from a, you know, right from the get go. Yeah. Um, Nolan wanted to use Radiohead's "Paranoid Android" for the closing credits, but couldn't secure the rights, mm-hmm. uh, and so he uses David Bowie's "Something in the Air" instead. Mm-hmm. Which I'm like, I would have been right into "Paranoid Android" there, but uh, using David Bowie helped cement the fact that I would then go and see Insomnia. Like to have David <laughs> Bowie come up at the end, I was like, well, I don't know who this guy is, but I am like, he yeah, likes yeah, David yeah. Bowie too. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I'm in. So thank you. Um, that. I think that's the best song on the Hours album from 1999. That is a song about the autopsy of a relationship, sung from the perspective of a man whose love for his partner was his whole life, mm. and now he's an unbeliever, and he wants her to go, but he can't believe it has ended up like this. Wow, and perfect. I, I, I'm a Even more
0: perfect than Paranoid Android. Yeah, I mm. think so too. Yeah. Um,
1: distributors loved the movie but nobody would buy the rights to it because they thought it was too confusing for audiences. <laughs> Steven Soderbergh was a big fan and just banged on about it to anyone who would listen, and he still couldn't get it up uh, to get picked up by anyone. And then finally Newmarket picked it up, and mm. it was a $9 million budget. It made $25 million in the States mm. and ended up making $40 million worldwide. Yeah. So it was a hit Yeah. and uh, took everyone by surprise. Yeah. And then I didn't know this... to. Um, Ambi Pictures announced in 2015 they were going to remake the movie after acquiring the rights. Really? Yeah. And then, uh, so that's all um, I read. And then I was like, oh, just before you came over, I was, did a little bit of uh, research to see if there is um, what the progress is. And the last thing I saw was from a couple of years ago where they said, ah, oh, like they think this movie is a classic and what they're going to do is going to be a little bit different. But um, you know, mm, mm, I like our mm, T V show idea better.
0: Yeah, I think you can use I think you can use the, the the structure, but you would have to tell a very different story. But I do like the structure of um, you know, the suspense of yeah. how do we get here.
1: Yeah. yeah. But um so it's kind of it in summing up I, I think it really holds up. Yeah, man, and it's absolutely. Still as good as ever.
0: Oh dude, it's a 20-year-old film. Yeah. You know, and I've been watching a bunch of movies from the late 90s, early 2000s, yeah. you know, because you know, I remember in that time watching stuff. I mean, you, whenever you're in the time you're in, you can never tell how things are going to age or yeah, what sure. things are going to be naff down the line. And I very much remember that time going, "Whoa, this is such a kind of uh this period will never age and you know, whoa, it, it has." <laughs> um and there is always that anxiety of going back to the stuff that meant a lot to you. I mean, I was what twenty when this came out. Yep. Uh, maybe slightly younger. Um, and a lot of stuff from that period has not held up. And this is—I feel—I feel like this is a solid classic film. Yeah, and yep. and I would go so far as to say a near perfect film. Yeah, oh, it's you know, fantastic. It doesn't outstay its welcome. No. Nah, uh, what, what is it, 90 minutes? We're in nah, and out. No, two hours. Really? Yeah, I was really surprised there by that no as well. There no fat on that film. Yeah. It's excellent. Yeah. Really excellent. Yeah.
1: And funnily enough, I wonder, like, I, I honestly can't remember, but I wonder if when I first saw it, it was one of, the, maybe I would have thought at the time, now that I kind of know what's going on, maybe this won't age too well. But mm, it's nah. the opposite, whereas... It's some other films that I thought, oh, well, this is just a classic and then you rewatch it and you go, "Uh, I can see how it was, but I'm... I'm not feeling it now.
0: It's one of the twisty films of that. Because, you know, th- th- there was kind of a trend of that time. I'm not mm. saying that it is similar to Sixth Sense or Fight Club. Yeah. But, you know, there was a, there was a trend yeah. of that time of twi- the twisty films. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, Primal Fear, The yep. Usual Suspects, all that kind of stuff. It's one of the ones that knowing what is going on does not diminish the film in any way. In yes. fact, I would say it uh, improves the film. Yes. Because it isn't just a cheap trick. No. It all holds together. Yeah. And for me, it's in his top three, I would say. Oh, yeah, right. Easily, easily in his top three for me. Oh,
1: what a good uh, what a good thing to just throw out there at the end. Is it in my top three? I well, know what it's my... It's definitely, know, definitely my top three right at the moment because I watched it.
0: <laughs> I know two of my top three, but I don't know what the third would be.
1: Okay. Don't... Tell me as we get to them. All right, sure. Um, I... I'm going to have to have a think on that. Yeah, sure. That's good. Yeah. Uh, in the meantime, uh, thanks for doing this. And then our next film was, I reckon, a highly underrated one. Highly underrated, and one of the combined, yeah, lost Pacino, Robin Williams performances.
0: Robin Williams' performance in it is
2: truly
0: excellent. Yeah, truly outstanding. Yeah, and we really see, good. and
1: we see shots in this film yeah. where. Uh, you, you see him, Nolan, improving his lexicon mm-hmm. and we see it taking even more shape and Batman Begins yep. and that's why this is a really important film yep. amongst other reasons. So I look forward to talking about Absolutely. that next. That brings
2: us to the
1: end. End of uh, this edition of Big Squid. Hey, uh, before you go, mm. uh, you have something coming up,
2: which <laughs> yeah. is
0: hilarious. And really exciting. And really exciting. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, do you want to tell everyone
0: about it? All right. So, uh, I have been doing a tangential side project. Well, it's done now. So, if you would like to binge it, it is a podcast series called Why is Cats? And it was done with my good friend Cameron James. And it all started because of you, Justin. Yes. Uh, you gave us tickets to the premiere of the Tom Hooper directed musical Cats. Yes. Uh, which we saw in late December. Our realities were utterly shattered. Uh, if you haven't seen it, don't believe the, uh, the negative press. Or uh, at least realize that Cats is to be enjoyed with friends, where you can right. yell and scream at this, uh, the screen. So uh, Cameron and I had such a jarring experience that we embarked on a six-month quest to understand why is Cats and what is Cats, and we did a um, podcast series where we interviewed all kinds of academics, and Eddie Perfect, and you, Justin, were on it, and yep. we got to the bottom of Cats the musical, Cats the movie, and realized that the best way to enjoy it is in a cinema full of rowdy people yelling and singing along and all this stuff. And it's been a big dream of ours to host a screening. It is happening. <laughs> it is happening. So
1: you're you're kind of viewing this now as like potentially a 21st century Rocky Horror Rocky picture. Rocky Horror show.
0: show, The Room, that kind of thing. Yeah, uh, yeah. It is. It is a fucking blast. This film. Um, and I can see why people hated it because if you were Just expected to sit there silently and take it in like it was a normal movie. It is one of the more jarring, crazy things I've ever seen. So I'm finding
1: it really hard not to respond because I don't want to go over what I say in the podcast. And if anyone hasn't listened to the podcast, please listen to the podcast. Have a listen, but all the thoughts. (laughs) So that's coming up on if you're in Sydney on August Mm thirteenth at 8.45 p.m.? At 8.45,
0: August 13th, at my favourite, 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 not just cinema, but place in the whole world, the Hayden Orpheum in Cremorne, beautiful art deco cinema that was uh, my childhood cinema. Oh, was it? Yeah. I didn't realise that. Oh, dude, I saw Jurassic Park there. Every every seminal movie of my life I saw at the Hayden Orpheum. So to be there and host Cats... On the thirteenth of August is a huge dream come true. Oh, so yeah. please come along; it's going to be a lot of fun. Obviously, we'll be socially distancing and sanitizing and all the rest, but it will be very rowdy. It'll be crazy. There'll be a lot of singing along, a lot of cat calling the screen. So oh, please yeah. come along.
1: Yeah, it's 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 about uh, hanging out with people and finding your tribe, <laughs> finding your <laughs> tribe. So if people want tickets, they're they're super cheap. They're $15. Yep. And if you go to au yep. forward slash special dash events.
0: If you just go to the special events yeah. page on the Orpheum website, I don't know why it's I went to all that trouble,
1: But uh, I just want to make sure. I'm going to go along. I can't wait. Yep, I've yep, already yep. told one of my friends that she has to go along. Yeah. Like, I... As soon as you told me uh, that it was happening, I was like, "Well, we're going to the movie. She well, said, what if- are we going to see?" I said, "Cats," and she was like,
0: <laughs> "Okay." I said, "It'll be fun." Well, if you if you have listened to Is Cats the uh, the podcast series, a lot of the people that um, were guests on the yep. s- the show are coming to the screening.
1: And um, I'll uh, for anyone who is in Sydney and would like to come along, I'll post this on the Big Squid Facebook page, please. so you can get to the link, yeah, get yep, those yep. tickets, yeah, and I. We look forward to seeing you there and, and not being able to shake hands. <laughs> I'm going to be back later in the week with Siobhan Coombs and comedian Dave Thornton, as well as some thoughts on Watchmen being nominated for all those Emmys. Yeah, that's right. The TV series that inspired this podcast has been recognised for its brilliance. And if you were one of the people who joined us from the beginning, you know that we were ahead of the curve. Yes. Congratulations. You were right. I was right. We knew we were right, and it's great to see the world catch up to us. So I'll share some more thoughts on all of that. I reckon the podcast will probably come out on Friday. Uh, If you haven't seen the TV series Watchmen yet, let me have a chat with you first, and and then I'd suggest watching it while alternating episodes of our first season, specifically the episodes of this podcast that focused on the TV series, so that way... I don't know, you kind of might feel like you're on the same journey that we were on when we went through it week to week when it was first out. So anyway, we'll talk about that later. Uh, We're getting people used to the idea that this is now a weekly podcast. So if you're enjoying it, if you would like to share it with like-minded people, if you would like to leave a nice review about it on whichever platform you use, that would be totally... Up to you and grateful. We would be very happy uh, if you could do that. If you'd like to have a chat with us, uh, come over to the Facebook page. There's just an open one that anyone can kind of click on. There's a private one. It's only private, so we can discuss things without worrying about spoilers. So it's kind of like the cool kids, but the cool kids are being cool because they don't want to ruin things for anyone who's just flipping by for the first time, if that makes sense. So uh, if you would like to do that, please head on over and hang out with us. Lots of really nice people over there uh, sharing interesting ideas and uh, all the all the stuff that they're enjoying. So it would be uh, great to have you join us. Once again, I, I don't know where you are in the world, but I hope you're okay. I hope your loved ones are okay. Listen to the doctors, you know, be careful out there. Hopefully, you know, we're getting closer to the end uh, than we are at the beginning. But uh, uh, a lot of love to all of you. And I'm going to leave you with a quote this week. It's a quote from Barbara Streisand. I thought I'd go with uh, Babs because she was a friend of Polly Platt's. And it's a great quote. And Barbara Streisand said, Art does not exist to entertain, but also to challenge one to think, to provoke, even to disturb in a constant search for truth. I hope we're helping art live up to those heights for you. Until then.